0: and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the podcast where you will get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts that you buy and keep you informed about what's going on in the industry. This episode is sponsored by Zerk.Work. If you are a mobile heavy-duty mechanic, please check out Zerk.Work today. Have you ever been faced with an expensive repair bill? It creates a lot of stress. And having to decide whether or not to rebuild or replace an engine is probably one of the most expensive bills that you will face with a commercial vehicle. To help us understand when you should rebuild an engine and what the best options are for engine parts, I'd like to introduce to you my guest today, Bill Murth, Director of Business Development at IPD. Now, Bill has spent 20 years at Federal Mogul in their powertrain division, and he's now responsible for the leadership and coordination of all sales activities at IPD in America. Bill, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Jamie. It's great to be here. For those who aren't familiar
0: with IPD, can you tell us a little bit about the company?
1: Yes, IPD has been in business for 65 years. Uh, We're located in Southern California. We're a family-owned company, um, and we specialize in replacement parts for heavy-duty diesel engines. From Caterpillar to Cummins to Detroit Diesel and so forth, Uh, we we handle the, the, the real large industrial engines all the way to the truck engines.
0: I recently had a conversation with a mechanic, and he asked me a pretty thought-provoking question. What criteria should you consider when you're looking at an engine that has failed? Do you replace the engine? Do you rebuild it? What kinds of things should that mechanic be considering when making that very difficult decision?
1: That's a good question. And, And not standing next to that engine and actually looking at it, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Number one, what is the condition of the block? Has the block block been ventilated meaning that there's a hole in the side of it which would cost a lot of uh, you know to repair the block or to buy a new block or is it just you know worn down or maybe have had some sort of a failure inside a heat issue or what have you so you really have to look at a lot of different criteria but really the bottom line of it is the decision will be whether to rebuild or replace but that will be a replacement engine chances are it will not be a brand new engine. So the same question comes to mind as to what is inside of that engine, whether you are going to build it yourself or have somebody rebuild it for you.
0: That makes a lot of sense to me because when it comes to the parts that you buy, I mean, the, the quality of those parts, what you're putting into the engine, those are all very important considerations I think when this mechanic was talking about this, you know, one of the things that's always a difficult decision is when you have a piece of iron that's a bit older and you say to yourself, like, what kind of service life am I going to get out of this? Am I, am I going to be able to recoup my investment? What kinds of things are we thinking about when we're looking at it from that perspective?
1: We keep engines alive. I've been in the engine parts business for about 30 years now, and there are still engines that I was selling parts for back in the early 80s that are still going today because replacement parts companies continue to to innovate and produce engine parts that are designed for the replacement, not designed necessarily for just the the brand new part of that engine uh, when it comes off the showroom floor, but it's rebuilt, rebuilt, rebuilt not only in America, but also rebuilt globally. A lot of engine blocks leave here, and they'll end up somewhere else around the world. So the ability of replacement parts to keep those engines alive and going um, time after time after time, rebuild after rebuild after rebuild.
0: I hear a lot of mechanics talk about the need to keep the facility clean when doing a rebuild. And I often sense a bit of fear around that because, of course, we're talking so much money to rebuild and and replace an engine. I also hear a lot of fear about the use of aftermarket parts. You mentioned OE parts, original equipment parts versus aftermarket. What kinds of conversations do you have with customers around those two issues specifically? Let's start with the cleanliness of the facility when doing a rebuild, and then we'll talk about OE and aftermarket parts.
1: Well, the cleanliness of the facility is very, very important. I mean, you know, a lot of times in building an engine, what what dirt could get into that engine during the rebuild? It doesn't have to be a clean room environment by any means. And there are engines being built in all kinds of climates and and and, and facilities. It's always good to have some level of cleanliness in any sort of the, the truck parts component, whether or not you're you know, re- replacing brakes or engine parts. But it's not absolutely critical. You just have to make sure that not, nothing from the outside gets into the critical components on the inside.
0: Okay. And then when it comes to the fear of using aftermarket parts, that seems to be something that's a real uphill battle. I know a lot of salespeople that are you know, charged with selling aftermarket parts, and I hear mechanics and I hear fleet managers and repair shop owners say, nope, if it doesn't come directly from the dealer, I'm not using it.
1: Well, you call it aftermarket. I call it replacement. Um, the OEs are very good at designing a brand new engine. The replacement parts companies, aftermarket, so so to speak, uh, focuses on the continued replacement and the continued rebuilt, a re, a rebuilding of that engine. So we design parts that are a lot of times a little different than what comes on the original build because that that engine is not new anymore. It is being rebuilt, and heads might be re- uh, resurfaced, blocks may have been, you know, uh, honed out or what have you. So it's important to, to really look at what am I buying for the replacement aspect of that engine, not based upon what what came on it originally. In the 65 years that IPD has been in business, back in the early 80s, the Caterpillar 3208 was a uh, popular truck engine it was actually a throwaway engine it was never intended to be rebuilt so if you own that particular engine and when it came to the end of its life or it had a failure you had to go buy a new one well the replacement parts company in this case ipd looked at that and and noticed that their piston design was a two-ring piston an oil ring and a compression ring most pistons have at least three and we added a third compression ring now, you can imagine the blow by of that particular engine with just one compression ring was killing mosquitoes, you know, two, two miles behind the truck. But with that second compression ring, it actually made the engine perform better. And it also gave us the ability to rebuild that engine. So instead of throwing it away, 32 eight engines were, 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 were kept alive through the rebuilding process for that owner. So they didn't have to go back and buy a brand new engine every time. To fast forward, you know, 30 some odd years. Recently, IPD just launched a chrome molly liner for the Cummins ISX and ISX-15. Why did we do that? Because it is a, that liner design is a mid-stop liner, meaning half of the liner is floating inside the block unsupported. So if there is ever a catastrophic failure and that cast iron original design liner will shatter because it's very brittle and it usually results in the block going through the side of the, uh, the, the, the rod going through the side of the block, ventilating the block. Now you have a catastrophic failure that you either have to repair the block or buy a new block. That's a lot more than just doing, doing an in frame. So with our new Chrome Molly liner, it adds that extra layer of protection because that liner is strong enough to take the brunt force of a failure. It will protect the block and give the operator time to turn off the engine and react to the failure without catastrophic results. This is just one of many examples that we as a replacement parts company can do to improve on the original design.
0: So as a replacement part company, you are doing your own engineering then and looking at, okay, these engines have been in service for several years now. We're seeing this failure repeatedly. How can we make that better? Is that the approach? Is that how
1: you look at it? Exactly. And if you were to visit our facility here in Torrance, you would see a lot of fun Fun people, but they're engine nerds, and we have a lot of uh, scientific equipment here, a lot of tech, 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 technological equipment here. We 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 can tell metallurgical contents of um, of parts um, and gaskets and and so forth. We we can basically dig deep into a design, and and find ways to to improve it.
0: Walk me through the process from the point of view of the mechanic. So the mechanic, he's at a repair shop, one of his customers comes in, there's an engine with a catastrophic failure, they decide to use replacement parts. That engine is rebuilt, the truck is put back into service, and three months later, uh uh-oh, there's something not working right with the engine. How does the process go from there? What would the repair shop owner and mechanic and the owner of that truck experience?
1: Well, the first thing the owner of the truck is going to want to do is go back to the person that rebuilt the engine, and report the fact that he has a failure. From there, that rebuilder of the engine may be able to troubleshoot the item there. Uh, if it takes more investigation, then they will probably contact us. And if that's the case, then we will ask for a series of questions. We 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 have the ability to do very deep uh, analysis into engine failure and one of the things that we're very good at is giving a very comprehensive review of what caused that failure and sometimes it's it's our parts sometimes it's not our parts sometimes it could be an installation or an operator issue but we try to explain that and if it is our parts we offer a progressive warranty that we will restore that engine to its original design if something that we had supplied was deemed defective.
0: Do you have to physically be present with the truck in order to do that analysis? Or are you able to do that remotely with the technology that's now
1: in those engines? We don't have to be there. A lot of times we will ask for some sample parts of the failure back and and take a look. There's not a lot of, um, when it comes to failures, there's not a lot of new failures. They're all pretty much fall into different, segments you know it's it's a heat it's a wear issue it's caused by oil it's it you know so there is there's not a lot of surprises when it comes to, to failures they're they're pretty easy to spot.
0: You're listening to the heavy duty parts report. I'm your host Jamie Irvin and we've been speaking with Bill Murth Director of business Development at IPD. Bill, what's the main difference between engines today versus 20 years ago?
1: Well the technology has changed greatly from the computers to the emission standards. You know, when I first started in this business 30 years ago, it was uh, pretty much most of the engine parts replacement companies at that time were supplying parts for the Detroit diesel two-stroke engines, the old 92, 71, and 53 series, which, you know, had very little technology to it compared to today. So today with the sophisticated fuel injection, the these uh, sophisticated uh, emissions and and so forth, they're a lot more complex today. But as far as working on the actual engine side of it, of replacing the hard parts, the pistons and the bearings and so forth, not a lot has changed.
0: So from your perspective, why are your products better than your competitors?
1: We have to be better than our competitors, especially on the, the OE side, because you know if an OE part fails, it's a lot of times people think, you know, what did I do wrong? But if an aftermarket part should fail, it's what did they do wrong? So we have to really strive to be better at everything we do to eliminate those, those issues. So we, we really dive down deep into the, the quality of all of our components. When you're an end user and you look at an, an O-ring, right, um, the original most spec, it might be a blue O-ring. But you can't tell by looking at that O-ring what the composite of the material is. It might fit in, in the engine and it might go. But after a while, you 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 could have failure because the material used for that doesn't handle the heat or the wear or the chemicals, whatever that particular seal is, is you know, touching. Um, so you really need to know that your supplier, in this case, I... IPD will will use and start with the original specs, and then decide from there um, can it be improved or not. And you can you can feel um, secure with IPD that every one of our parts has has got to meet those 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 quality standards, and with the desire to improve the cost per mile.
0: So in the life cycle of a truck. Obviously, as the truck ages, the considerations are different. How do you help people make decisions at every stage? So you have a truck, maybe it's only six years old, and then you have a truck that's 20 years old. Walk me through the right way to buy engine parts.
1: In my career, I've been in the one single consistent product line that I've been dealing with in, in my career is engine parts. But I've I've also been in the brake business, the wheel end business the safety products like wipers and so forth. And I would say the answer is the same, no matter what truck part you, you are looking at, it is not the price of the part that they slide across the counter that matters. It is really the labor and the downtime. Oftentimes fleets will accept or not ask the right questions in, in, in choosing the parts because it's very, very confusing. So they end up making or cutting a corner and making a bad decision that then costs them more labor and more downtime, which becomes a downward spiral. The correct question to ask when you're buying engine parts is, um, who, what is the brand? Is it a reputable brand? Is that brand been a, a, around for a while? Can it articulate the, the quality value proposition of that brand? Uh, to really understand and to know the brand does that brand have an outside sales force to support it D- Does that brand do they dabble in engine or? Do they only focus on engine do they have a strong out- inside sales and technical team that you're just a phone call away or a website away from finding the answers? that you need and and do they make their parts or do they just source their parts and put it into a box. And so you never know from one time to the next if it's going to be the same box. So how much do they actually manufacture of their own products?
0: Yeah, I really like, I really like that, Bill, because when you think about purchase price, that's really just the beginning, isn't it? You buy the part, but there's a whole process afterwards. How do they treat their customers? How are they able to support their customers once that customer buys the part and installs it and then uses it? And that's what you're really highlighting there. And I think that is such an important thing for people to remember when they're buying parts, that it's not just the purchase price. There's so much more that goes into
1: that decision. And when the price is lower, what do they take out of it to make it lower? It's not that one manufacturer, or I should say one supplier, has the ability and the super secret place to buy things really cheap. Everybody plays by the same rules. Everybody has the same business model um, challenges. So what is coming out of that when, and I'm talking general truck parts because I've, I've sold a lot of different types of truck parts over time. Uh, so this is the same with brakes as it is with engine parts. What is coming out of that product to enable them to be so cheap? And that ought to be the first thing that, the first question that comes into that mechanic or that fleet owner's mind is why am i getting such a deal here it takes you know money to design a good quality part a consistent part every time a part that's going to improve your cost per mile when that starts to falter and 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 you don't have that consistency you've got bigger problems than the price you're paying for a part cuz you're going to have trucks sitting on the side of the road with roadside inspections you know anything that leaks is a fine anywhere in north america So you better be sure that the gaskets you're using on the engine or the oil bath seal that you're using on your wheel end are doing the job. And if they're not, you're going to pay for it. Not the person that sold you the bad part. Does
0: IPD, though, offer a range of parts? Do they have a premium lineup? And then do they also have like a a more economical where it's marketed appropriately and, and, and customers know what they're buying when they buy those different parts? Or do you just sell the one grade of part?
1: Part of my past has been in the brake business, where there's a good, better, and best, and I think that's very unfortunate because it becomes very confusing to a fleet. But in the truck, uh, in the engine parts business, thankfully, there's just a best. There aren't. Uh, we don't offer a good, better, and best. It's they, because the the stakes are too high. You don't want to cut corners when you know if you have a a brake warranty, it you know might cost seventy five dollars, but if you have an engine warranty, it could cost. So you have to make sure that everything that goes into that engine is, is tried and true and tested. What
0: mistakes do you see fleets making when they're making decisions around parts? We've already touched on purchase price and cost per mile. Is there any other thing that really stands out to you that kind of over the years, you've said, why do they keep doing this?
1: Yes. Why do they keep trying out New products coming onto the market that are promoted by price only. I do scratch my head, you know, when a valve that normally costs $15 is the standard cost in the industry, and all of a sudden somebody comes to the market with a $7 valve, why do I see that valve on the shelf somewhere? What is it that makes that mechanic or that fleet want to take that risk? you know, when it's not from a, a brand that's been around for a long, long time, a brand that they know stands behind their their products. When you've been in the engine parts business for 65 years, like IPD has, you you can't have a 65 years of driving customers away. You have to have 65 years of providing quality. And if there ever is a problem, you better stand up to it and and take care of it and make that customer whole. And that's what we've been doing for 65 years.
0: Well, and that's something that IPD can be very proud of. Bill, I really appreciate you sharing your expertise with us. You've been in this business a long time. You've seen a lot of things. If you were traveling with me to the farthest remote part of Northern Canada, and you were only ever going to see this customer one time, what's like the one thing that you would want to make sure that mechanic heard from you to help them make better decisions?
1: Make sure you're dealing with vendors that can help you get it right the first time if you're up in the farther far north region of canada and you buy a gasket set from somebody that's missing one little 10 cent o-ring you're toast right you've delayed that project for a long long time make sure that you're doing with uh, dealing with people that are passionate about the business passionate about finding solutions for you Passionate about bringing the right products to you that can make you do the job right the first time. And then I would say, if I'm up in Northern Canada, I would go fishing for some walleye and some Northern pike.
0: You're more than welcome to come up and visit me, and I will take you. Okay. <laughs> you know, what's fascinating about that question is that in reality, it doesn't matter if you're in Northern Canada or Alaska or you're in California or New York State, where there's an abundance of suppliers available to you. You should want to work with those kind of people anyway.
1: That's true. I mean, those are the, the people that we love to deal with. What I like about this business is the entrepreneurial spirit that is uh, with all engine rebuilders, with really, quite frankly, truck part distributors too. There's this, entrep- this entrepreneurial spirit where they want to find a way, want to find a solution and do things better. And that's where our products really kind of come into play and really help them. And that's what I think is fun about this job.
0: You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Bill Mirth, Director of Business Development at IPD. To learn more about IPD, go to ipdparts.com. Bill, thank you for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. This was, uh, this was fun. It's great talking to you. And I can talk engines for hours, so call me anytime.
0: Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? Go to heavydutypartsreport.com to listen to and subscribe to the podcast. And remember, focus on cost per mile over purchase price, and let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling.